This week on the Socratic Cinema Podcast. I thought you were going to say certified freak. <laughs> Seven days a week. All of our movies are kind of cultured, except for uh, Devil All the Time. I mean... Yeah, that's just... Devil All the Time white is that... corruption. Southern, oh, Southern white culture. So let's not leak our <laughs> let's not leak our locations too much here, guys. Los Angeles area is all you. Here. Oh, you should do uh, Lent with me. So let's do a social media cleanse over Lent, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Charlie Heatherly. My name is James Delisio. And I'm Casey Clark. And today we are talking about one of my favorite movies. Well, uh, now it is. One of my favorite comedies. Yeah, now it is. Now that I've watched it. Because uh, this movie is so insanely charming. It's so great. And it has one of my favorite people in it, John Favreau. We are talking about Chef. Woo! All positives all around. Uh, this is great. This is just the most feel-good movie ever, and I love it so very much. But uh, as always, I should not be the first one to say my opinions. Uh, we'll go clockwise around the table. So, James, what are you thinking? All right, listen, 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 listen. Chef was my pick for Recordathon. We all how we picked our movies for Recordathon is we kind of all picked some movies and then we filled it out. So Charlie picked. Wonder Woman 84. Whoa, whoa, don't blame that movie <laughs> on Great me. Great pick, Busta. <laughs> what, what are you talking you about? You were like, we should also be sure to do Wonder Woman 84. I wouldn't call it my pick, I It was Charlie's pick. Casey's pick was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Sure was. Sure was. Dang straight. My pick was Chef. Not topical, not relevant at all, um, but a film that I have always been interested in. Oh, look at me. I'm so indie. Sorry. Uh, and, and you know what? <laughs> I have no regrets at all. Chef was my favorite of the five we watched by a, a decent margin. I love Chef. I think about Chef every day. I listen to this movie as I go to sleep at night. I don't do that, or nor do I think about it every day. But Chef was so, so good. I can't. I, I, I watched it with friends, which I think made it even better also. Um this is a movie about community and family, and, and so watching it with people is excellent. Um, but Chef is bananas good, guys. The music, the editing, the cinematography, the cooking scenes, the characters, the plot. Oh, my gosh. It just made me feel so happy. And I finished the movie, and it's ironic that I said happy because uh, John Favreau plays Happy Hogan in uh, the Iron Man movies. <laughs> Um, what a crazy reference you just yeah. made. Uh, directed by John Favreau, starring John Favreau, a child actor who I thought was actually really good, too. Um, Chef is a great movie. I recommend this movie to everybody. I think everyone should watch Chef. I think it's great for the family, aside from some language. It's a great family movie night movie. Um, I don't think there's anything I disliked about this movie. You know what? Hey, 10 out of 10. Chef. That's wow. it. Wow. Mm -hmm. A 10 out of 10. Uh, no, I agree with him. I give this a 10 out of 10. A 10 out of 10 from Certified Fresh from certified Charlie certified. And I thought you were going to say Certified Freak. <laughs> Seven days <laughs> a week. <laughs> Don't want to do the next layer of that song. Man. All right. I'll, I'll go next. I really like Chef. I needed a pick-me-up after Devil all the time because oh, yeah. I was like, I need mm -hmm. happiness. And Chef gave me happiness like i am a food network 
connoisseur. Oh, yes. As you could say, I'm very familiar mm, with quite. Guy Fieri. Bobby Bobby Flay. Flay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I was enjoying myself. Like, it was funny. It was, like, heartfelt, but not, like, heart-wrenching, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it was just, like... Emotional in yeah. a good way, in a really good way. Just yeah. like in, it's like intimate, you know. Like it's just yeah. like a really, really feel good movie. And as James was saying, like besides language, like this is a family movie. Like you could watch it and laugh with your family. Like it's. I think it's a great, amazing, movie. yeah. And it's like, what if you took one of those well, like filmed cooking shows, and then you just like put a really good story behind it yeah that's what mm-hmm. chef like is. the it's like edgar wright editing tier i think in this cooking scenes especially with it's the music so good it's so incredible i no, was so hungry the soundtrack is honestly to die for oh like, yeah i don't know how they nailed it as much as they did but uh yeah no i completely agree with what everyone's saying i really like this movie for a very specific reason uh, my Socratic Cinema co-host will get this, but my dad looks insanely similar to John Favreau. <laughs> like it is nearly identical the the yes. way that they look. They both have the black curly hair, both same body type, both have the same sort of beard. They're just the same person, which is really. Weird. I think he's been mistaken for John Favreau before, but like I really like this movie because it actually mirrored a lot of my relationship with my own dad. Not with like you know the whole divorce part that did not happen to me, but specifically like the the bonding over a central passion. For mm. us, it's games. For them, it's food. But like that whole story of having the you know sort of foul mouthed father give you you know some some you know good love through some sort of adventure or or going to different places. It reminded me a whole lot of the times that I went with my dad to Comic Con. Uh, because mm. that's where we sort of, you know, nerded out. That was where uh, our food truck was, essentially, if you want to compare it to that. But uh, really refreshing, I think, plot structure, because we've been watching a lot of, you know, dark anime, dark movies, yeah. Uh, yeah. where it's it's like so much, you know, just pain and suffering to get to a little bit of resolution at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. This movie is all about, look, we'll, we'll hit you with the sort of sad parts first, and then the rest of it is uphill, baby. We yeah. are going up and up and up. You know how normally in movies there's like this emotional low point right before the climax? That's simply not in Chef. Like, yeah, we. It's a very interesting. It's not a very traditional plot structure. Yeah, we have this high and mighty Chef who we see is kind of washed up, and then like. Basically, the last half an hour of Ratatouille is the first half an hour of, of this movie. Like, yeah, he yeah. gets shut down by the critic hard, has a breakdown over it. His family falls apart even further than it already has. And then he gets a food truck and bonds with his son. And literally the rest of the movie is just happy, good food truck times. Like, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so refreshing. Like, it's great. And yeah, I don't know. It's just really like refreshing to see good things happen to people for once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it completely throws away the traditional Hollywood convention of of like this is how your plot should work in favor of just making you feel like these characters are the realest possible people they can be. Yes, like there's something nice about seeing somebody succeed, uh, especially in the way that John Favreau's character does. Like I think my my biggest praise of this movie has to be the relationship between John Favreau, his son, and then also the the chef friend. I forget his name. That's a wonderful Martin. dynamic. Martin's Martin. His name. Martin is like the best character in that movie. He is because of how phenomenal his acting and and friendship with John Favreau is. Like it's just they're real people. There's no possible way they haven't known each other for their entire yeah, life. Martin yeah. is the friend you everyone wants. He's such a good guy. friend. He stands by John Favreau. I forgot his name. Carl through everything. Mm. 
He's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Like through thick and thin, when Carl is humiliated by the chef, Martin is there. Martin, mm-hmm. he's wonderful. I think he was also in the Leonardo DiCaprio modern take on Romeo and Juliet. Um, you know that guy. I know. I forgot his name. Oh, uh, I seen that guy. God. I was like, where have I seen this actor before? Oh, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Prestigious. Prestigious. Prestidigitation. But. Uh, nope. <laughs> nope, not quite what that is. Black, black bottom. <laughs> You've seen the b- b- breast. Uh, I like uh, I like some of the themes of this movie I think are very interesting to me. Um, I've been talking a lot about recently. What do you, what? Why do you guys no, look so misty-eyed? <laughs> well, no, my thing was, so we're making fun of uh, of uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom where the, uh, there's the kid with the stutter in it. I have a stutter, okay? Or I used to have a stutter. I don't have it anymore, but like, so I'm allowed to say that. But he he has this really funny thing where he goes b- 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 black, and then James instead of saying uh, r- 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 rest, he said br- 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 breast, <laughs> which I was laughing over. Oh, ha ha, guys! But no, no, no. He said the funny word. I mean, a, a lot of recently I've been thinking a lot about like uh, art for yourself versus art for other people, um, Ooh, and yeah. I think that's a central theme of Chef is is um, all this time. It's sort of the opposite of what I think, though, because I'm very much in the camp of like art should be something for yourself, like a self-expression thing. But this movie, in my at least in my interpretation, it's like all this time. Well, I don't know which way I take it because it's like all this time Carl has been stuck in this restaurant making food he doesn't want to make. Well, I guess it does agree with mine then. He he he's stuck in this restaurant making food he doesn't want to make for people you know who he doesn't really care about. Um, it's it's like this un, you know generic non fancy food that that he doesn't want to be cooking at all and we see that in the opening scene where he wants to cook this exotic pork dish with the pig head and like all this fun stuff uh and then over the movie it's about him learning to like get away from all that and and cook personal food from his background for himself and his family and you know pursue this personal passion project of the food truck and so i think it's it's an interesting journey of him learning how to like rediscover why he loves cooking and and do it for the ones he loves instead of like selling out. It's sort of like also uh, like passion versus profitability is sort of another big thing I found, especially in the beginning. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's just sort of some picking I did. No, totally. I think that this movie is a whole. It has a great message about as an artist, you sort of need to balance uh, between you know, doing stuff for profit and, and getting money and then actually, you know, finding creative fulfillment because a lot of artists in the real world are going to be exploited for their talents and do things that they probably don't want to do, which is, you know, the practical value of a lot of artists is that you're going to need to do some things that are not, you know, the most creative or the most innovative. But Carl, with his food, I think he actually finds food through his failure and, like, the real purpose of it. Because if you talk to a lot of chefs, then all of them say the same thing, which is essentially food is, like, the great uniter. Everybody gets hungry. Everybody can taste a good thing. I heard that one on the Food Network more than once. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Every chef will say the same thing. Every, that, that, that's the reason why all of them cook. And that's what Carl finds is like instead of making his food for critics and trying to impress a critic, yeah. he makes food for people. Yeah. And that's where he finds fulfillment and joy in his life. That's big. That's that's huge. That's totally true, I think. Um, and all of these themes that we're kind of mentioning are kind of they're really kind of married to each other. Um, and it's sort of like Charlie was saying, it's just about like your passion should it's 
it's almost a weird duality of like he's doing it for himself but he's also doing it for others like yeah. i mean being a chef is a, a serving role like you're do you're making things for other people to enjoy not for yourself um and it's really I, it's about finding like fulfillment through giving but also like through kind of reclaiming you know the passion you lost from being a sellout food critic guy the <laughs> the food critic character um, I kind of wish he didn't come back at the end, honestly. He, he comes he comes back at the end for a second and is like, I thought we were just joking that whole time, man. I love your food. This is great. Like, obviously your food sucked back then, but I thought we were just messing around. And it's like, oh, so that mental breakdown was for nothing? <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah. it fits the whole kind of like, food is good, let's party in the food truck vibe of the rest of the movie. Like... Well, yeah, food's uniting them together. And I think you needed some sort of uh, resolution for, like, all the, you know, trauma that happened with that character specifically. And it actually talks a lot about how the the critic uh, developer, you know, whether it be for film, TV, you know, food, any creative thing, works within a lot of these different mediums. Because reviewers and creators are always friends like they know each other they're co-workers but they're fundamentally at odds with one another Mm -hmm. so i think exploring that relationship was sort of interesting and i don't think it needed to be explored more than it did i think they got just the right amount of review content in there for me to really care but it felt a little bit out of place in the ending Uh, and i think that specifically the ending where they rushed to the wedding was a bit like "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa let's like slow down a little bit here but uh, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought it was nice. I liked it. Yeah, with the food critic, I find their like arc pretty interesting. Um, for me, I just kind of took it as he just wanted him to not sell out. He didn't want brunch food. He wanted like right. authentic. He, he was sort of like a catalyst for. He was sort yeah. of encouraging him in a kind of roundabout. He was way. the embodiment of your washed up. Like yeah. get, get it together. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I agree. Um I, and I, I don't think he was bad at all. He he was sort of like a Anton ego. Yes, but, but a nicer very. guy. Um yeah, I thought the 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 critic was was fine. It was just something that felt a little bit out of place to me, I guess, at yeah. first. I agree that the ending was a bit like, oh, and now we're 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 cool. It was almost it, it was almost a little too shoehorned for me, you know. But but again, it's it was so enjoyable that I don't I'm, yeah. I don't care yeah. enough to be like it was too good to be mad at. Yeah, what I thought was really I love the fact that uh, Sofia Vergara got back with John Favreau. I'm glad that they li- yes, at least ended yeah. on that. Although I would have liked to see a little bit more of the, them in the food truck together. It's very clear that she is trying to warm back up to him for the entire movie. Yeah. So I don't yeah. feel like it's that much of a stretch. Uh, I just would have liked just a, a minute more of like, you know, that wedding scene at the end to really yeah. linger on that yeah. and that happiness. But like their whole relationship is so wholesome and so nice. And it's very obvious that they're united through their their interest of like really bringing up their, their child together and making him as happy as possible. Uh, but also they just genuinely love each other and each other's energy, even though yeah. Carl yeah. is ridiculous and, and crazy. And after, like, again, movies these days trying to be so deep, like Marriage Story, <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to mm-hmm. see a movie just say, like, you know, we don't need to do anything crazy subversive here. Let's just have a good time. Like, yeah. I think there's some unexpected virtue in just having a good time, you know? Yeah. I, I really appreciate that, that uh, Chef did not try to, like, do any crazy twists at the end or subversions with the character relationships. It was like, no, no, no. You know where this is going, and we know where it's going, and we're going to let it go there. And I really appreciated that. Yeah, the question is, why don't more films that try to be happy do this? Like, why why do filmmakers feel the need 
to make the moment before happiness such a, a dark point in somebody's life. It always mm -hmm. has to be some realization or some final challenge to surmount. Like, why can't we see someone just, like, be successful? It's like, eh. I think it's, what I think Chef is, is it's, it's the hero's journey, but scooted over a little bit. Oh, totally. Instead of us starting at the beginning, like, we start at the height of this guy's career. Mm -hmm. I think it's hero's journey, but starting from the low point instead of starting from, you know, ordinary world, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, I don't know, because you bring up a very good point. And for me, I guess it would be laziness that people don't necessarily want to commit fully to, um, like, making happiness truly happy fully like they want to kind of like half do it and yeah, then but at what use cost some, you know? yeah. yeah and then use something like horrible to make it like oh look the happiness is better because look at this horrible thing that mm -hmm. happened so anything like anything's better than rock bottom yeah instead of like working on as this movie does beautifully like the climb up Mm -hmm. It's like we somehow got it in our heads that happy things are unoriginal or like are no longer creative yeah. or good. And yeah. so people just are are being gritty for the sake of being gritty or subversive for the sake of being subversive. And I had some of those fears with Pixar going down that path, but they keep doing well. So I have nothing to complain about yet. But I, it's nice to see a movie that just lets you have fun it's as yeah. simple as that mm -hmm. and it's the the you know the the deepness of chef in that it is it is the fact that it's not that deep right yeah in my opinion yeah no the the story is quite literally what you see it as right like there's not there's no major like themes to dig into besides like you know family and connection and that whole thing like this is a movie that is meant to elicit emotion from somebody and I think, Casey, you make a really good point. Like, happiness is this thing that we feel like there needs to be a contrast to, which is something that I feel like, uh, it, and I agree with you, I don't think the inverse is true, though. Uh, if you have a movie that's just constantly sad and, like, gets progressively sadder and sadder, like, for me, Devil All the Time, personally, I'm not super invested in that. So I need some moments of contrast where there's some happiness in there to, mm -hmm. to really feel the, the sorrow a, a bit more, uh, which is interesting because I think that shows that happiness is such a universal goal of humans that like when there's so much happy and we see so much success like it it, it feels better to us and we don't necessarily need the, the the contradiction that we do when everything's going wrong like we're always looking for happiness so when yeah. it's not there it's especially soul crushing unless you're joe gardner or 22 in which case happiness is a, a facade and really yeah you should just be living you should just be content and that's enough content. for you content mm -hmm. Because contentedness is so much more sustainable than happiness, man. That's the thing. That's, I, oh, I, that's a word. I like them as synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie said they're the same. Uh, yeah. I'm content. You're not, happy. you're not metaphysical enough for, for this podcast. I should be more metaphysical? Yeah. <laughs> Read some, some. I'll transcend really quickly. I'm yeah. sorry. Hold up. <laughs> it's like, let me just go to the astral plane. Real <laughs> okay, question, because we just did soul. Yeah. Would Soul have been better if we didn't have this, this uh, like fight at the end, like this? What do you mean? Like, what if it was more just a gradual realization and progression? Did we really need to have like that right before the the, the climax? Everything goes awry. I don't think we did. No, I don't think we did. But I think they put it in because that's what's expected of a kids movie is a bombastic climax. It, that would mm -hmm. be too nuanced for a kids movie. Like Soul was already pushing it. Well, so that's my <laughs> thing with Soul. I don't think it's necessarily a kids movie. 
Right, but I mean, Pixar yeah. is going to think of it as a kids' movie. Sure. Uh, and market it as a kids' movie. They need to get their audience straight then. But I, I think movies have a lot to learn from Chef. I think that sticking too much to this three-act structure uh, and and the whole climax rising action thing, although it makes for obviously great stories, right? Like, there's no point in refuting that it's a great storytelling device. Yeah. There's a lot more ways to tell a story. And I think mm-hmm. Chef does that so very well and it, it does it really really impressively and now that I think a lot of my favorite films are ones that kind of stray away from the three act structure I mean you you have things like Totoro or Spirited Away where it's less mm-hmm. of a three act structure and more of just like about capturing a feeling or an, yeah. like making an impression rather than telling a story or you have movies that I really enjoy like uh, Ballad of Buster Scruggs like anthologies let's get more anthology movies yes there's so many more ways to tell stories than just the three-act structure or you can do what chef does and and take a story structure but start from a different point in it like mm-hmm. it there you can get creative and mix it up um why reduce yourself to what's tried and true take a take a risk in like chef did in being completely non-risky and just tell a story that makes you feel good mm-hmm. yeah well that's where the risk is like in in being so basic in terms of its plot like that's a huge risk, especially when you're pitching to studios. Like, what they're expecting is is there to be some drama, there to be some action, some entertainment. This movie is just, it's all up. I don't think that this movie could have been made without somebody like John Favreau at the helm. Because although people now think of him because of The Mandalorian and The Lion King and all the, and Iron Man, think of him as this big, like, Hollywood blockbuster uh, director, he started off doing indie films. I mean, this guy did Swingers. This guy's done Chef. Like... At the core of it, I think he takes the passions and the understanding of an indie filmmaker and applies them to big budget product projects in a way that make people trust him. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad that he's been doing that because, I mean, we see how Mandalorian went. Like, yeah, Mandalorian. <laughs> but um, I was going to say, I, I think I'm going to be a little bit self-aware here and say that uh, I think we have to point out that Chef probably wouldn't have worked with such a simple story. I don't think it would have performed as well if it wasn't so stylistic. I think if Chef was oh, for a sure. bland movie with a bland plot, it would have been bad. But because it was such an enjoyable and classy movie with a basic plot, it was refreshing, you know? Mm-hmm. I think the style of this film is is super duper duper important. I mean, like I said, it, it, it feels, the cooking scenes feel reminiscent of uh, an Edgar Wright movie. It just in the snappy, like... Let's cut to the music and cook, 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 cooking, and it was so nice. Like, cooking channel on steroids. I love it. I found out there is a series on Netflix called, like, The Chef Show or something. Yes. Oh, yeah. Made by, heard of it. It's great. It's made by That's Jean amazing. Favreau, and it's mm-hmm. they cook some recipes from the movie, I believe. They yeah. make that pasta he made for um, his mm-hmm. almost mistress, Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Ooh, that was oh, girl, things got a little close. I was worried oh. we'd have a we would have a marriage story on our hands. Yikes! What happened yeah. to ScarJo in that movie? Uh, we never really saw her again. He moves on, which I'm fine with. Thing, yeah, I, I, I no good for you, man. <laughs> which is like gr- that's like another great part of the movie. Like we start, and then as soon as he like hits rock bottom, and like he's done, he's like done with the restaurant. He's done with everything, and then once like. Molly, I believe her name is, like, gives him, per- not, like, permission, but, like, encourages him to, like, go off and do what he needs to do because he's obviously not happy. And then, like, mm-hmm. he does, and we never see that, like, darkish part of his life again. Like, we never come back to the sous chef that 
kind of took advantage of his breakdown and was like, oh, sorry, bro. And we never come back to like the overbearing like restaurant head. Yeah, we never we, come back to Molly. Mm-hmm. Like, we that's leave. Just, we leave toxic environments, yeah, which is literally. great because that's how a lot of relationships in real life work. Like, yeah, you don't always have be. a reconciliation <laughs> with people. Some people you just move on from. You stop talking to. Like, yeah. yeah. And even in something like Molly, it wasn't necessarily like toxic. I mean, that seemed like a very helpful and healthy relationship for yeah. both of them. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes you just drift apart and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. I have plenty of friends who, like, you know, I used to be super tight with and it was great, but people just grow apart. And, and, yeah. and it's just a thing that happens. But Seasons. Of seasons life. of life. It's a new season. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> Yikes. But about Molly. That one's a deep Socratic cinema cut right there. The lore. The lore. <laughs> but Molly, Molly, I enjoyed Molly as a character. I think she was, f- I'm glad they did not, you know, go, there. go that route in having them have like a, it's not really an affair if they're divorced, but you know. It's a conflict of interest. It is a conflict of the audience's <laughs> interest because we want to see John Favreau get back together with his wife. So I oh also, I was thinking about our movie selection and all of our movies are kind of cultured, except for uh, Devil All the Time. I mean, yeah, that's just Devil All the Time white is that corruption, southern, oh, southern white culture. It's Americana. It's uh, yeah, but I mean, American culture. This we get people. our our yeah. beautiful Latin representation in Chef. Oh, we dude. get a lot of black representation in Soul and Ma Rainey, and then in uh, Wonder Woman we get boring movie representation. So you know, yeah. Amazonian uh, white passing representation apparently Egypt's I've in there educated <laughs> yeah Cairo um but I just thought that was interesting to point out mm-hmm. yeah. I, I love I mean I loved how like alive chef felt with the cult I mean the from yes. from the New Orleans like oh it was just so it felt very vibrant and 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 alive and I really enjoyed seeing like because uh, that's a, a big thing with food is is the cross cultural parts of it, like marrying mm-hmm. different things and and bringing fusion. fusion, fusion, bringing out the best in all sorts of cultures. Um, and I really like that. Uh, is John Favreau? Uh, is he white? Uh, no clue. Well, because his wife, at least in the movie, is Cuban. Um, yes, I, think. I don't know. But my dad's white, so that Miami. means John Favreau's white. So that's like. <laughs> Cubanos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. But, it, oh, maybe that's a cute way of him trying to win her back by making her that cultural. That would be so cute. That would be so cute. Well, he was originally from Miami, in that movie at least. Yeah, Carl was, and- was from Miami, so, like, he probably grew up around that food, whether or not he was Sure, like, yeah. I know. mean, melting pot, man, right? That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Especially with Miami. That city has a very vibrant food culture. One of the things that uh, we haven't even said yet, which is a big part about this movie, is social media. Uh, I was oh yeah, the, the good and bad parts about social media. I'm curious. Do you guys have any like you know main Ooh. theories or opinions on social media's portrayal in this movie? Well, I would. I'd like to start off with the whole like tweet box thing. Like I, I'm not sure necessarily like when Chef came out to like in the wide. St- spectrum of when that was popular because you see like a whole bunch of Netflix shows doing it now where it's like the you're texting and the and the like yeah, box the little is box showing pops up. up. I think Chef did it first and <laughs> until I'm proven wrong, I will stand yeah, by that. The pioneer. But yeah, I mean honestly, I think the most like true representation of social media is that like 
a Twitter interaction can cause someone to have a breakdown and the other guy is just like, I thought we were joking. Like, that's like the epitome. That is how social media social works. Social media works. And it's honestly like so, it's so funny because we get like the the social media aspect in his interactions with his son and his son kind of like teaching him how to use social media while being yeah. like the social media manager and doing all these like like the the second video uh, a day, that was the one oof. second a day yeah oh that my was, that was a beautiful way to to like yeah. kind of put an emotional cap on the movie I think and and it's like because really that's kind of the arc of the movie is reconnecting with his son more than anything oh yeah. 100%. Um, Mending that relationship. Yeah. But I think it was really f- fun how we have social media be this thing that tears uh, John Favreau down, but then it also ends up being the thing bringing him back to his son. So yeah. that's I didn't even think about that at all. But. It, it's one of the most accurate portrayals of social media I think I've I've seen. I've I've always been saying that social media is is a double edged sword. Like yeah, the, totally you can use it in an incorrect way and you can use it in a correct way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that this movie shows both ways how it can heal and harm. Uh, and really, it just did it very well. I think Casey's right. I think we got to claim, you know, stamp the flag on here for this is the first movie that did that text thing, so it's not cliche yet. Yeah. Chef did it first, even if it didn't do it first. Chef did it first. So I absolutely loved that. Uh, I thought all the social media stuff was great. And I love how they went to all these different cities, too, and, oh, yeah. and incorporated all the different foods. They're like Aaron Franklin's. Uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure that's his name, Aaron Franklin. Uh, Franklin's barbecue is like the best barbecue in the entire world. Uh, and that's a real place. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. are you kidding? All the places that they visited. Were yeah. Real. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, they went to Guero's in uh, in Austin. They went to Aaron Franklin's. That's where they had the Austin Midnight special on on their food. Uh, oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And that's something that Aaron Franklin actually does. By the way, he will collaborate with with uh, those food truck people and make dishes like that. Oh, cool. But it, it was nice to see actual chefs and actual places also be mm. represented in this movie. Like, this is a love letter to that sort of, to the food cultures of, of probably not Los Angeles because they yeah, dashed al- on that. Although we do have a lot of food trucks here. We, we do, do have a lot of food trucks We have here. a lot of really smacking food trucks here. Like, mm-hmm. yes. there's there's always a ton parked out by, like, the um, LACMA, like the Art Museum of Art. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, oh. Macaroons. Yeah. And at the racetrack. Do you guys know the, the San really? Racetrack? Would, yeah, no, they would have this like mm. festival where it would just be all food trucks. Oh, uh, I would always get the che- the grilled cheese. Well, I mean, our city used to have a food, like a food and wine festival. And, yeah. And then COVID happened. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not leak our <laughs> let's not leak our locations too much here, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Los Angeles area is all you need to know. <laughs> we live in Montecito. It's throwing them off the trail. Montebello. Montebello. Monta something. Montezuma's Revenge. We live on the, on the <laughs> ride. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Ride. But, no, you're totally right. It's most definitely a, a love letter to food culture. And it would have been nice to see them go to L.A. But, you know, whatever. Well, it took place in L.A., you know. The first, the, the, the first restaurant's L.A. Yeah. That is, yeah. Oh, I never, mm-hmm. I never picked up on what, that. What is it, Gui Luis or something? Gui Luis, I don't know. I don't know if that place is real or not, uh, but I think it's really funny how they're like everyone in L.A. is snobby. <laughs> True. Yeah. I thought it would have been nice to see maybe a little rat come out of John Favreau's hair pulling the string. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is Ratatouille. How has Pixar not capitalized on making a Ratatouille sequel called Ratatouille? Like with a two. They have the TikTok musical. Right? Like yeah. like Kick Batuski. So remember that? That's actually oh, a I thing, by that. the way. They're, no, yeah. They're it's gonna okay. it into a thing. Hot take. Hot take. It's gonna suck. Listen, I'm gonna say it now. It's gonna be like, you know, uh, 
Remy the Ratatouille. Here's, what, here's what's going to happen. Rat of all my it's one night only. There's hardly any names attached to it yet. You should check that cast list, dog. Is this seriously? Yeah. Because here's what I feel like is going to happen. I feel like it's going to be, it's only one night. Like, it just barely got announced. I, I think everyone's going to get their hopes up for it. And then it's going to be really disappointing. It's going to be like, uh, didn't tr like Tumblr back in the day try to have a convention called like DashCon and it was a huge disappointment? I feel like this is going to like be a repeat. Okay, here we go. This is... Uh, All right. Lin-Manuel Miranda as Remy. So so Remy is played by Titus Burgess, who was oh, yes. the friend in uh, Kimmy Schmidt. Uh, I haven't seen He Kimmy was really Schmidt. good in that. Linguini is Andrew Barth Feldman. Uh, Colette is Ashley Park. Chef Skinner is Mary Testa. Django, there's a guy named Django in it, is Wayne Brady of uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway fame. Uh, Emile is a Adam Lambert, whose name I've heard before. August yeah. Musto is Kevin Chamberlain. Uh, Anton Ego is Andre De Shields. Mabel is Priscilla Lopez. And young Anton Ego is Owen Tabaka. Uh, listen, I still, um, feel I, I still feel hesitant. I feel like people are... It's going to be one of those things where a corporation tries to like... Kevin Chamberlain Kevin as Wayne. in Bertram Wayne. from Jesse? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, maybe he will... Holy. Maybe he'll fix it. I'm just scared. You know when companies try and hop on the meme and like you know, capitalize off of it themselves. Like, you remember that... Ratatouille. Is that what it's called? <laughs> no, but that would be if Ratatouille <laughs> 2 became Oh, the Ratatouille. The Ratatouille. I am down. Um, but, like, you remember... Do you remember those memes of Gabby Hanna when she, like, squeaked in her Genius Lyrics video? And she was like, what if I'm the monster? Oh, yeah. And then everyone made the memes Love of it. it. And then Gabby Hanna made merch of the memes. And it was, oh, everyone yeah. was like, oh, and then it ruins It's like it. the joke is over now. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think. Self-awareness ruins yes, jokes. Memes have to stay with the people. And I feel like the Ratatouille musical is just a grand scale of that. So I'm apprehensive about it. But maybe, maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. I'm very hopeful. Ratatouille the musical will become the best musical because anything is better than Spelling Bee. So. Oh, oh I dang. like Spelling Bee. That's. I you like, said that with your whole chest. I, yeah. Listen, I, I oh, despise Spelling Bee. I really like Spelling Bee. I'm sorry. Oh, the TikTok musical guys here. The JJ who does all the like mic on versus mic off. Oh, he's in it. I don't oh, know fun. who that is. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's been on like you uncultured Broadway swine. Swine. I don't even have a TikTok. You always send us inch. Casey sends send Instagram. Instagram. Here's what she does. She sends Instagram reels to our group chat, and then you open it, and the Instagram <laughs> reel is TikTok. of a TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just make a TikTok. To get the app. Here. Oh, you should do uh, Lent with me. So let's do a social media cleanse over Lent, guys. <laughs> oh my. God. Last year. Sure. Last year I deleted uh, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. Uh, oh yeah, I remember. That. Which is weird because he ran a YouTube channel. I can still look. That's in, in that's inside the rules. I can still that's do Socratic. the loop. I can do Socratic stuff in video mm -hmm. editing. That counts. Like but if this I year, watch on the Socratic account. No, 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 no. <laughs> this year, I'm thinking Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, and TikTok. Full cleanse. I don't have any other social media. Wow. And TikTok. Oh, I would have to throw in Reddit in there because I use Reddit, Reddit a decent amount. I don't know. The if Reddit I can, spoiler <sighs> emails coming into our. I don't know if I can do it, honestly, guys. But if you guys do it with me, maybe. 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 Puppy dog guys. I don't want to be alone. We'll just text each other in the group chat. I don't know. I do like scrolling through TikTok. So I waste so much time on TikTok, though. It's not even funny. Well, yeah, but like if I'm too lazy to do something in the morning, 
uh, or I'm suffering from one of those goddamn cluster headaches, I'll just be on TikTok. And then, you know, I fine. guess so. I guess so. I now know the pain of migraines. I can empathize with people. Uh, one of our friends gets like daily migraines. Uh, I'm not sure if you get them or not, Casey, but I, no. I know that one of my friends whose name will not be on the podcast because I don't know if they want it, but she gets daily migraines and I'm like, ooh, sort of know what that feels like now. Not great. No, not I would hate it. Light hurts. I, I've never had a migraine and I'd never want to have one. There's Advil's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyways, Chef, 10 out of 10. We, we have a time crunch on us right now. We have to take a pause for a second here, but, you know, 36 minutes is enough, right? I think that that's what Chef uh, needs. I don't think that yeah. Chef is something you need to overanalyze. The no. beauty of it comes from its simplicity. It comes from its style. I think we talked about all of the major themes that are, are within it. All of the actors are great, especially the the little child actor dude. Let's get some love for him. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Woo. Uh, really great. He he deserves all the praise in the world. He was phenomenal. And yeah, Chef is a great movie. Please go watch it. There's so much good stuff here to see. Yeah, it's on yeah. Netflix. Take advantage. Watch Chef right now. But with that being said, welcome to a super, well, goodbye to a super short episode of the Socratic Cinema Podcast. This is part four of five in our Recordathon series, so uh, be tuned for the great finale next week. Whatever, these aren't going to be coming out of <laughs> coming out in order, sorry. Uh, anyways, we hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you did enjoy it, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel and drop a comment and a thumbs up letting us know what you think of Chef and who your favorite Food Network person is. Uh, go ahead and follow us on our Instagram at Socratic underscore cinema, our Twitter at Cinema Socratic. Check out the link tree in our Instagram bio for all of our other social media, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Facebook. I think I still need to put the Facebook on there. Twitch. Oh, Twitch. Oh, Twitch. Oh, Twitch. I'll stream some Sea of Thieves. How about that? Yeah, Twitch is just hard here I'll, I'll stream my uh csgo matchmaking it's gonna be a mess <laughs> three hours in matchmaking <laughs> yeah um but anyways yeah if you want to throw a couple bucks our way a month you check out our patreon and get cool perks like uh, your name in the description or access to episodes early among other fun things um and yeah that's that's about all i got go cook yourself something healthy for lunch like carbonara like carbonara okay We've been Socratic Cinema, everybody. Adios. 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 You never do it right. Not once. <laughs> <laughs>